Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. You can turn it, open it up. There's an insert if you want to follow. Also, if you happen to have your smartphone, uh, you can go on to Uversion and go to events and hit Church on the Rock, and we're there. Uh, man, it is great to celebrate resurrection morning with you guys. Uh, thank you, worship team, for the, the wonderful music, and we're glad that you valued uh, our church and that you came and spent Easter with us today. We're going to talk about the resurrection today and what it means. You know, the resurrection means three things, and number one is it means that Jesus is who he claims that he was. That Jesus is who he claims to be. You know, Jesus came to this earth, and uh, if you think about it, he made some outrageous um, claims, you might say. He, he said things like, I'm God. I can heal people. I not only can heal, I can forgive sin. In fact, when he said that, the religious leaders that day were like, blasphemy. You can't forgive sin. He said things like, I'm the only way to heaven. He said things like, I'm the savior of the Lord of the world. Uh, the God in heaven is my father and me and him are one. And people were like, yeah, really? He said things like, I am the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. You know, a lot of people can accept God as a good teacher, teacher, but I want to tell you that he was much more than that. He was much more than a teacher. He was the savior of the world. You know, a lot of people can be a good teacher. Hopefully uh, the message will come across and you'll be like, wow, that was a great teaching. That was a good teaching. But what would you guys think if I was doing a great teaching and then all of a sudden I said, hey, I want you to know that I am God. I want you to know that I'm the Savior that's been sent. How many would be like, whoa, don't think I'm going to that church anymore. So think about that. That Jesus, he claimed who he said he was, who he claimed to be, he lived it. He said, I am God. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What an outrageous claim that he made. Even if you don't believe that Jesus is Lord, and even if you don't think that he's more than a teacher today, every time that you write a check, every time that you make an appointment on your smartphone, or you, or you sign a contract on a house deal, or you buy a car and you sign it, every time we do that, uh, we are referencing the point where Jesus came into this earth and he separated B.C. from A.D. Amen? He is who he claimed to be. Number two, Jesus shows that he had the power that he claimed to have. You know, Jesus said, he spoke to some people after he, uh, he drove them out at one point. Can we have those lights back on, please? Uh, he drove them out at one point, and, and then he said, and Jesus spoke to them and said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he was saying, man, I have all the power in the afterworld, but I also have all the power on this earth. Because he was God, he could make that kind of claim. Amen? The Bible even says this in John 10, 18. It says, no one is going to take my life from me. You think that we took Jesus' life from him? No, man. In fact, when they came to get him in the garden, uh, 
Peter drew the sword and took the guy's arm off. And, and Jesus said, uh, when Judas betrayed him with the, with the kiss, Jesus said, where is the Jesus? And he said, it is I. Do you know when he said, it is I, that the whole army fell prostrate on the ground? How many knew that? They, they fell down. They didn't come and arrest him. They were on the ground and they had to get back up and Jesus willingly gave himself because he had the power. He said, I have the power to lay my life down and you watch, I'm going to have the power to take it out. No force could keep him. No force could keep him down. And that's why you have that old saying. Have you ever heard that old saying that you never can keep a good man down? Amen? Jesus could not be kept down. And number three about why the resurrection. What does it mean? The, num- the number three thing is Jesus does what he promises to do. How many know you can take it to the bank when Jesus promises you something in the, in the Bible? His word is yes, and it's amen. He said, he proved it in Mark 10, 34. He said, they're going to mock me, they're going to flog me, they're going to kill me, but after three days, I'm going to come back to life. And then after he came back to life, as Justin, Pastor Justin was reading today, the angel came and was at the tomb. And the angel said, do not be frightened. I know you're looking for this Jesus who was crucified. He's came back to life again. Everybody say this with me. Just as he said that he would. Say that with me. Just as he said that he would. How many know that God keeps his promises to you? You can, he is a faithful God. So Jesus is who he said he was. He has the power he said he had, and he does what he says he will do. So what does that mean to me personally? What does the resurrected mean for me? The first thing it means this is that your past is forgiven. Your past is forgiven. And I want to tell you what, that's good news because have you ever been halfway through something or halfway through a project or you've been working real hard at something and you're like, oh, I have went about this completely the wrong way. I wish I could have a do-over. Anybody ever need a do-over? I've played golf with some of you guys. Some of you guys need do-overs. What do we call mulligans? How many need mulligans in golf? You know, we need some do-overs sometime. How many have ever started out in a relationship and you really liked this person a lot, and there was something there, but so much stuff was, gone, was done that you're like, man, I wish I could start it over again. How many have said things you wish that you wouldn't have said? How many grandparents? I'm a grandparent here today. If you're a grandparent, say hello, hello, hello. Amen. How many grandparents that you're like, I would be like an amazing parent now? <laughs> I, I, I would like to try again on my four kids. Come on now. Anybody want to try it again? I'm like, oh, I could be such a good. But where's the manual on this thing? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we're, we're laughing about that. But that's why import, it's important that young families talk to older people so they can learn these things from each other. But we just feel, we just, many people feel this way. Sometimes we just get stuck. How many of you young people wish that you would approach high school a little different? Or sports a little different. Or college a little different. How many of you kind of got stuck in a career? And you're like, man, where am I at now? Uh, Aren't you glad that you can have do-overs in God? I know a lot of people. You might want to write this down. I know a lot of people who can't get on with the present because they're stuck in the past. I know so many people. It's like they just can't move on. 
They, they just got to keep looking back. They just got to keep on living in the past. And living in, it could be living in a glory day. But I'm telling you, we're going to have some more glory days. Or it could be that you're living in a shame or a guilt. Whichever way it is, Paul said this. Paul said, my friends, I want to tell you, I don't think that I have already won it. Or that I've done everything just right. But Paul said this, this one thing that I do. How many think that you can remember one thing from a sermon today? This one thing that I do is I have to forget what is behind me. And do my best to reach out for what's in front of me. Can you believe today that God has something good for you? Can you believe today that roses can bloom again? Have you lost someone this year, a relative or a family member, and you're still not healed from that? Do you know that new days are coming? Good days are coming. If you have relationships that are severed and, and parents where maybe your, your kids aren't talking to you or, or something like that, I want you to have faith today. I want you to have faith today. Maybe you had a formal relationship and it's messing up your current relationship. Have you ever done that? To where you, 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 you bring your baggage from the past and the one you're living with is so good to you, but yet you just do that. Some of us sabotage our futures because of things that happened to us as children. Things that were done to us at school. Words that were said to us that still petrify us as adults. Do you know that God can heal your broken heart? God can heal every wound that you have. That's why He came. And, and because of that, you don't have to sabotage your future because your future is good. Somebody said, my future is good. My future is good. By accepting Jesus and his resurrection, your past is forgiven. I love this scripture. If you ever want to know, what did the resurrection do for me? This is the best scripture to me in the whole Bible. It's Colossians chapter 2. Actually, it might be 3. No, it's 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to this. This is all of us. This is all of us. You were dead because of your sinful nature. You were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature, okay? Sins are like the things that we commit and we do. And then your sin nature, that's what you're born with from Adam. So we were dead because of that. Uh, Because our sinful nature was not yet cut away. When you become born again, your sinful nature gets cut away and you get God's nature, which is pretty cool, I think. Then God made you alive with Christ. Flip to the next screen. For he forgave all your sins... And look at this, he canceled the record of the charges that were against you. In other words, when you look at that Bible and you see all the places you fell, he canceled that and he took it and he nailed it to the cross in this way. Now look at this next line. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. In other words, there's an unseen world that we don't see. But even in that world which has uh, been critical on you and has hit you and caused severe pain to you, that unseen word, Jesus disarmed. Everybody say disarmed. You, you can say that. If you feel like there's something out of your power or out of your spectrum or out of your, your wield or whatever you might want to say, you can say it might be out of my touch or out of my ability, but Jesus disarmed that. 
and he, and he publicly gave me victory over them in the cross. I mean, this is God's pardon program. All the righteousness of the law was fu- fulfilled. That means that you don't have to pay for it anymore. You know, a lot of people are, are, are hard on themselves because they feel like they need to suffer for the things they do wrong. You don't have to pay for your sin. Jesus did. After you ask God to forgive you, I mean, that, that would be like paying for it twice. Because the Bible says that the chastisement for my peace was upon his back. And by his stripes were healed. So Jesus was chastened. Jesus was punished. So I want you to quit punishing yourself. He was hung for your hang-ups. He was nailed to the cross so you can quit nailing yourself to the cross. Quit nailing yourself. Move on. You're forgiven. Move on. The Bible said all the emotional debts, relational debts, everything, all these sins aren't remembered any longer. The Bible says this. This is a great scripture. Write down Hebrews 8, 12. It says, I will forgive their wickedness. And I, say that with me, and I will never, ever again remember their sins. Let's read that again. And I will forgive their wickedness. I feel the Holy Spirit tell me to do this. I want you to believe that God's saying this to you. Read it again. He's saying this to you. Personalize it. God's saying to you today, and I, sing it with me, say it with me, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Lord, I pray that you'd put a peace on the heart that only you can give. Hey, when you pay off a bill... How long do you remember it? I'll tell you, I don't remember it long. I do a little dance and once it's paid for, baby, I forget it. Come on, I forget it. I think that's the point God's trying to make. When he paid for it and he took care of it, he wants us to forget it. Even though, do you know, even if there were no such thing as heaven or hell, which there is, but if there weren't, it's worth it to become a Christian just so you can have a clear conscience. You know this scripture in Hebrews 10.2 says this. It says, worshipers of God. How many is a worshiper of God? Once you've been purged, something's been purged out of you, you should have no more conscious, consciousness of sin. You're not supposed to live conscious of your past. God can purge that. And you'll say, how does he do it? Just ask him. How do he do it for you? I just ask him. Wipe my memories away. Lord, just like you don't remember anymore, wipe my memories away. You know, I got this big old scar on my knee where um, when I was about seven, eight years old, we were at J.C. Penney's. That's where, man, I had the, how many remember the tough jeans with the double knees? How many remember those? They were colored, baby. I mean, they were colored tough jeans with the double knees and, and all this stuff. But uh, I remember mom was going to, back then, hey, I am somebody that has, that has survived the wooden spoon. How many survivors of the wooden spoon do we got in the house? Come on. Oh, Lord, this abuse that this man had. That's what's wrong with my IQ. Didn't you read that? Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, I, I remember mom was like telling me to do something. I didn't, I was unminded her. And she reared back to give me a squat. I dove underneath some clothes and there was a razor sticking out. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm in the ladies' bathroom, and all the ladies, oh my gosh, the blood, and I'm in the emergency room and getting stitches. You know what? 
I got a scar on my knee and I remember it, but I'm not in pain anymore. God, come on, give the Lord a hand clap today. God can take away our pain. So that's, that's some positive things that, that God does for us. He's a God. Hey, I want you to remember this. He's a God of second chances. He's a God of second chances. And, and here's what I want you to really take home. How, how many say God is a God of second chances and he's been that to you? Okay. If we, shouldn't we be too? Is God a God of second chances? Shouldn't we be too? Shouldn't we be too? In fact, this one guy was like, man, I forgive all time. And he was strutting his stuff in the Bible. And he's like, hey, Jesus, how many times do you think I'd forgive? I'm suffering for Jesus. How many times do you think I'd forgive? And Jesus says, I think you need to forgive 70 times 7 times a day. That means forgive 490 times a day. Amen? I, I really felt the Lord say, put that in the sermon. Because not only do we receive forgiveness, we need to give forgiveness. Hey, what do you do, Brian, when you, when you, you just keep having these thoughts of unfor- uh, towards people? Places of pain or something that you're bitter about. What do you do without that? Here's what I do. Here's what I do. Well, one, I set my will not to be offended. Do, do you know the only way you can be offended is if you're in the, in the flesh? If you walk in the Spirit, you're not able to be offended because you're walking in the Spirit. But here's what I do. If somebody comes in my mind that I'm uncomfortable about or that brings pain to me or, or I'm like miffed at them or stuff, don't live with that because the Bible says fear has torment. How many, know, how many knows that unforgiveness has torment? It has torment. So, so when I have that, I just simply do this. Lord, I pray that you bless these people in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak blessings, and I'll say their name. And you know what happens is, is every time I'd have that, because the enemy doesn't want you to pray for your enemies and bless those that persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. He, he doesn't want you to pray for them. If you will start blessing them, I'm telling you, it changes your heart. Bless your father that hurt you. Bless your mother that maybe done you wrong. Forgive your parents for getting a divorce. Forgive people that have made fun of you. And when that pain comes to you, just say, Lord, I bless them. And here's what will happen. It'll go away. I promise you. In fact, when I got real serious about that, it went away to where God finally had to come to me and say, Brian, quit bringing their names up. It's gone. Are you all with me? So, so that's cool. So the resurrection means my past is, past is forgiven. Number two, it means that my present problems can be managed. So much of life seems unmanageable. Especially, let me talk to some parents here today. There's this author, Amen. if you're a, a As parent, the ministry continues up here, Charlie Shedd. He tells a story on I himself. I just want to challenge you this week this to go that he and traveled go forth all over as the United ministers States of the New Covenant for parents to invite and people into the kingdom and of God. He said, "Before kids, he had a lecture just a couple called things as you go, though, the Ten Commandments uh, for Raising Perfect Kids.'" Tons of food. Okay. Like tons, and there won't After be any he next and Martha week. Had so his take first a double child, dose, please. Uh, he went and did uh, there this is a lot, so there's first no food pantry next week. So make sure you get it. The this lecture week. to this, and then also ten hints uh, 
for parents. The, uh, the and after the second the child began uh, was right born, he now. relabeled this we sermon lecture again, and he named it this. Uh, let me give up. you just a few tentative uh, suggestions for fellow or strugglers and parents. And we got to get them out of here because so, we got a big, you know, we all have things egg that hunt coming to this room. We're going to turn it to a beach. If you're a young okay, adult today, going to be an ocean perk of up here, wake here. up. Okay, it's you're going to make it right. in adulting. Right. So if you could help us stack you, these chairs, you're going to make it in adulting. Where we can get them. You're going to make it. Ready for this big thing. Your big school debt will so be paid. Jesus for all that you've Come on, done. young would people. You send us your school debt will be paid off someday. Is, you're not ugly. You're not unwanted. Like There's nothing wrong with you. And God does have somebody that's perfect for you. Come on now. God, keep and, us uh, on task. And last thing Help us to be is I know this is important to young people. Help us to be is you guys on think you we've kind of screwed do. some things up in, Jesus in this world? Amen. You get the right, opportunity folks. to maybe Thanks for fix coming. some of the stuff that Let's we've done. Serving, All right? Amen. Made the older ones mad. Come on, young people. Help me out today. Come on. Come on, young people. Help me a little bit today. All right. But older people, I'm redeeming this now. <laughs> but also I say to you um, young people maturity is when you figure out that you don't have it all figured out come on older people and maturity is when you realize that you can't manage all that life sends you but God can I'm telling you that God can manage every single thing that comes. So that's good good news. You can't control everything in life, but God can. Let's hook up with God today. Let's hook up with God's plan for His life. I've learned to say this. You might want to write this down. I've learned to say, I can't, God can, I believe I'll let Him. I can't, God can, I believe I'll let Him. God will either deliver you from the problems or he'll deliver you through the problems. But can somebody say, I'm delivered, amen? That God delivers me. A lot of people I talk to, I talk to a lot of people and I hear people say that my life, it's out of control. I feel powerless to change this situation. I feel powerless about these habits that I have in my life. I feel powerless to save this relationship. I feel powerless to get into the, out of this debt that I've created in my life. I feel powerless by trying to manage my schedule. I, I, I can't, I, I meet myself coming. I, I have no time for nothing. I have no time for my, I, I feel powerless by managing my time. What we need, brothers and sisters, is a power that's greater than us. We were never meant to live this life in our own power. God wants us to rely on His power. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, I pray that you'll understand this incredible greatness of God's power to us. Who believe it? Any believers here today? Look at this. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Seating Him at the right hand of the Father lives in you. I want you to say the same power that Christ rose from the dead lives in me. The same power. You know, we don't know what our future holds. I don't either. I don't even know what's going to happen next year, next month, next week, tomorrow, today. But you know what? It really doesn't matter because even though it's out of my control, it's in God's control. 
He gives me power to face it. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Here's the thing. He not only gives you power, but it's going to be greater. It's going to exceed what you think. It's going to be more abundant than you think. It's going to be more than you're even asking him for. You know what? We need to pray those big prayers. Amen? Those bold prayers. Because God does more than we ask or think. According to the power. Where's the power at? Is it saying on the board? According to the power that works in us. Amen. And then the Bible also says in Romans 8, 28, it says, For we know, everybody say we know, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God. Who loves God today? And how many know that he's got a plan and a call for you? So you're the candidate. Say it's going to work out good. Amen. And the Bible says this, that I have the strength. To face all conditions by the power of Christ that lives in me. Last point today. Why does the resurrection matter? Number one, because my past can be forgiven. You got past. So past is taken care of. Two, my present. My past, my present can be managed. And number three, my future can be secured. There's a universal problem we all have, and it's an appointment that we're all going to have, and that's death. Everybody dies. We're all going to die someday, and so are you. Many go through life unprepared for the most important appointment of your life, and that's to know Jesus Christ. The Bible says in James chapter 4, 14, you know, you'd be crazy just to live life and never think about eternity. Because the Bible says, you know not what shall be tomorrow. For what is your life? Your life's but a vapor. How many is glad we're getting to have some green grass with some dew on it now? Anybody there say amen. Amen. Your life is like walking through grass and your shoes getting wet. And as soon as the sun comes out, the, the dew's gone. In other words, your life just appears for a second and then it's gone. Your life is like the first inch on a yardstick. I heard a guy define eternity one time, and he said, it's like, it's like take the Sahara Desert and have a bird go pick up one grain of sand. How many has ever flown over Africa in an airplane and you look down? And how many has seen that great desert? Imagine a bird going down and taking up one grain of sand and literally flying from the earth to the moon Dropping that one piece of sand and then literally flying back. My brothers and sisters, you've just experienced one day of eternity. Clear all the sand of the world. Eternity is forever. How do you wrap your head around that? You know, thinkers, some, if you're a thinker, sometimes some of the things that you can't answer or figure out, you need to just have faith to believe it. Because I'm telling you that we're all going to face death. And we need to be prepared for that. And what if, what if Christians are wrong? And what if Christianity is wrong? I'm going to believe in it. And I'm going to put every, everything in it. Because what if it's right? What if it's right? And, 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 and I know we say God is good and God is love. How could he create a hell then if he's good? If he knows everything. Don't think I haven't thought of that stuff too. If he's good and he's love. Well, if he knows everything, if he knew people were going to do that, why do he? I don't know. But I just know he's God. And I know the Bible says this, that he's Elohim. 
And Elohim means that he was always here. He was from the beginning. He created everything, and it is he that created us. And brothers and sisters, I beg you, I plead with you to believe and put your faith in Jesus Christ because eternity is real. It really is real. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about heaven. I mean, I've been in the ministry 32 years. Um, man, I've done so many funerals. You hear different things people say, and I mean, you want to hope with them. I mean, I've done, I've done godless. I, 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 did a say, I did a funeral one time where there were Satanists there. And they were doing seances over the casket. And this lady literally climbed in the casket. And I was 19 years old. And they was like, you need to do something about this. And I, my eyes were saucers. And I was like, what, do you, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, but, uh, I mean, I mean I've, I, 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 I've been, with, I, I've been where, with people that have been shot. Um, I've been, I, 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 I've just, I, I've had a lot of memories. And, 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 and the way some people talk about the afterlife, I'm like, really? Really? But we need to. Be clear on the afterlife. We need to know. You need to know your future. Your future can be secured. You don't have to leave not knowing. The Bible says, for we know, we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that we have a house in heaven, an eternal body. And that where it says the earthly tent that's taken down, that is when we die and we leave this earthly body. When that happens, we have a house in heaven. An eternal body, and I think this is cool, which God made himself, and it wasn't humans had anything to do with it. And here's all you have to do. I want you to focus right here. Because I want to know, it bothers me if people leave today and they don't know where they're spending eternity. You can know it. Even if, I remember when I started going to church, I didn't understand everything with my head. Don't, don't worry about that yet. Have you heard about the guy that missed heaven by 13 inches? He couldn't get it. We know about Jesus stuff, but he couldn't get it from his head to his heart. Jesus is just receiving. It's so simple. Can I be honest with you? I, 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 I didn't mean to be a, a, a preacher. I didn't mean to do it. I feel like I'm just now understanding stuff 30 years later. I can't say I understand everything, but I put my faith in it. Here's all you need to do today is this. If you will openly declare that Jesus is Lord, if you'll just say Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, well, I don't know how to do that. Just say, Lord, I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Then it says this, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by openly declaring with your mouth your faith that you're saved. That's all it is. So today as we close, understand why Easter happened. Why Christ rose from the dead and what a difference it could make for you. You know, we've all come for different reasons today. Some of you became, came because it's Easter, and I think that's cool you're here. Man, it's Easter, and you go to church on Easter. 
We're glad you came. We're glad that you chose to have your Easter with us. That means a lot to me. It really does. Some of you, because it's a tradition, we just find a church to go. Some of you are here. I met some of you over here. Uh, said, man, I was invited by a friend. How many just had a friend say, hey, come church with me. Hang out. These people are kind of crazy, but music's good. I don't know about the preacher, but um, come on out. Some, how many saw an advertisement? Um, but here's what I do know is you're not here by an accident. I think God brought you here today. And I think he brought you because he just wanted to communicate with you just a few minutes through me as humble servant. Because we get too busy to talk to God sometime. And I think if God was here, I asked God, what would you want to say? Just close your eyes. If God was here, I think he'd want to say this. You matter to me. I understand everything about you. I know you. I made you remember. You matter to me. I want to have a relationship with you. I sent my son to die for you because I wanted to get to know you more. You know, it doesn't matter your background, where you came from. I don't care what your background is because I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. God wants you to know that he loves you and he wants that relationship. With every head bowed, we're all here at different levels in our spiritual journey. And I want to pray for you today. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Some of you aren't even sure if you're going to heaven right now. I need you to make sure. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I just want to talk to you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know where you are going to spend eternity, would you say this with me? Jesus Christ, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. If I'm not, I'm asking you to save me today. I'm putting my total trust in you and I want to follow you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying me. Help me in the future to understand this a little bit more. But I'm going to do that scripture today. That I confess with my mouth, Jesus. Say, Jesus, I love you. And I believe in my heart that you died and rose from the grave. And if you pray that, I want you to say, thank you for saving me. Others of you have drifted from Christ. And the Bible says, with deep love, I've drawn you back today. If you feel like you knew Christ, but you've drifted, I want you to pray this. Pray this with me, right at your seat. Jesus Christ, I'm coming home today. I'm coming back to you. I've, I've been without peace. I've been without direction I want to get it in gear again and quit Mickey Mousing around. I want, to, I want to put you first in my life. I want to make you Lord today. Jesus, I put you number one again. Some of you are displaced from a church home. I want you to pray, Lord Jesus, if I'm supposed to be at this church, just give me that assurance and that peace and that just that I can see myself here and I kind of like help me with that Lord and then the last group of, of you guys is some of you are barely hanging on and you've been discouraged and depressed and despondent pressures just build up and you feel overwhelmed would you say this if that's you Jesus Christ 
I give you all my problems today that I'm facing. I cast my cares upon you. And I ask that you would breathe life in me. Breathe life in the good in my life, the bad in my life, the ugly in my life. Breathe life in me today. Fill me with hope. Fill me with your presence and power. In Jesus' name. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.